You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is a bi-spectacle American history podcast where each week I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Got anything else to say? Uh, That's it. That's all I got. Feel good about it, though. That's, I mean, it's the intro. It's, I like it when we do it right, just like that. So, you know, when there's not a lot of... Are you of, looking at your phone? Yeah, there's Are you looking at your phone? plug coming up. Yeah, yeah. Is that a big You're deal? barely paying attention right now. Dude, of course I've seen We're it. We're doing a podcast. There's literally one other person here that you should be slightly focused on. That's what you like went you with? Should, you could have thrown out some legit numbers. But instead, okay, all right. It's just me here right now. You should pretend like you care. Listen, Dan, I love you. You know I love you. I'm all about you. I'm paying so much attention to you. So please, relax. God. Gareth. Dan, my name is one fucking second, Dan. My name is Dave. Yeah, all right, buddy. Okay, got it. Dave okay. Anthony. And action. Who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Your face. <laughs> oh man. Oh, the dollop will be right back. And called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like Adam. On a five part coefficient. <laughs> My room is flat. Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Uh, action part. Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. Rhoda in the court. That's it. And I love you. Do you? Yes. You're what I love. I don't love sport. I love Dave. It's not enough. I need more. Uh, okay. You're, you complete me. You are it to me. I... Don't know if I knew what living my own existence was until I met you, and it felt like a key going in a slot, and you turned it with ease, and you are magic, the wind beneath my wings, the That's everything it. I... July 8th, 1858. Woo! You unlocked it. I'm going to run through this wall. Cyrus Bernard DeVry was born in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. To German immigrants, Theodore DeVry and Susan Louise Gustroff. Sure. Gustroff. She got the more, she got the more German name yeah. out of the couple. Yep. Uh, all I can learn about his dad, Theodore, was he once testified in court against a, a guy who sold liquor to a miner, and that on May 2nd, 1872, the local Harrisburg paper wrote that he had letters waiting for him at the post office. Oh, that's exciting. I'm glad that got him. Because otherwise, the I wouldn't know. used to be so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> my mother, because I do like that web thing with her, and she, the stuff that used to make the paper where my mother yeah. lived, it is, I made the paper for getting christened in England, made the, made the front page of the paper. Yeah. My uncle made the paper because his feet are so big. <laughs> How how big are they? They're big, but they're not. You like belong size, in a paper big. 
Well, they're like sixteen. It's a small that's, play. The, you could you could make imagine the paper opening that. a paper and being like, "Whoa, this guy has trouble finding shoes." This is an amazing read. <clears throat> well, the letters in this case may have been waiting at the post office for a while because I think the family had moved by then to Nebraska. Okay. So Still, uh, Cyrus grew up in <laughs> Cyrus grew up in Howard County. Uh, Nebraska. He loved animals. Uh, he started working as a bullwhacker at 12. Oh, yeah, for sure. Got to have those. It's uh, important to... Yeah. Otherwise, if, the bulls walk around kind of angry all day. So someone's got to get in there and, and give the old bull a whacking. Yeah. If you don't, also, you don't want unwhacked bulls just Roaming around? About. The energy's too much. Did you milk the cows and whack the bulls? Uh, I sure did, Mom. All the cows are milked and all the bulls are whacked <laughs> off. <laughs> a bull whacker is basically uh, like a, a wagon driver. Oh. Um, oh. So on March 5th, 1876, Cyrus was driving a yoke of cattle across a claim owned by John Cremay near St. Paul. Apparently, the DeVry cattle being taken across Cremay's claim had been an issue for a while. Okay. Uh, and they had been feuding about it. So Kermit came out of his house with a shotgun and sure. uh, shot Cyrus. Oh, okay. 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 And uh, he died. That's the end of the uh, this week's dollop. Great. Great. Okay. Well, I, I hope I, everybody had fun. Uh, can we get a follow-up on about the letters? <laughs> Were they so, picked up? Uh, uh, quote, about 100 shot penetrated the boy's bowels. Oh, God. So he just buckshot at his bowels? So then he really and, did the thing I, where he would, like, drink a cup of water like a cartoon, and it would come out, yes. like, 80 different holes. That was him. Uh, the, the local mail agent found Cyrus by Creme's house, uh, I think, the next morning. Wait, Quote, was he like, the letters? Dead. Oh, my God, the letters. <laughs> the mail sent their best agent, but not even I know how to deliver mail to this. Yeah, there's a lot of slots to put him in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Cyrus... Cyrus told the mail agent, quote, not to take him in that house as the man lived there who shot him. Okay. So he's like, look, I'm, I'm laying by this house almost dead, but don't take me in there. That's the guy who did it. Oh, wow. Wouldn't, wouldn't the first thing you'd be saying, like, come on, get, you got to help me. Instead of like, oh, you yeah. don't want to deliver those letters there, mister. Whoa, boy. Oh. Uh, so you get, get, Kermit gets arrested. He gets four years. Um the Columbus Republican reported, quote, the doctors reported DeVry, DeVry would not live. Uh, but in April, it was reported he was expected to live. So he came around. Okay. Uh, he had, I, st- I believe, as I read later, he, he always had a lot of buckshot left over in him. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, they can get 100 out of you. Like, no, it's not, at that it's time. not even worth your time that point because back then you're just you're just feeling around with your hands yeah right yes right i mean honestly yes you're you're imagine you're going off of it going like i think you're warmer ah ah you know (laughs) i can't do this so in 1868 oliver green of chicago went to new york where his brother was the comptroller for central park and there he saw and admired the swans and he asked, uh, he requested swans be donated to Lincoln Park in Chicago. Okay. And, of course, it was his brother was the comptroller. So soon uh, New York sent four swans, and they were placed in the south pond of the park. Mm-hmm. 
This was the beginning of what would eventually become the Lincoln Park Zoo. Oh, wow. Okay. Great. Great. Now, zoos were just starting to become a thing in uh, the U.S. around this time. Oh, no. Uh, they mostly started like Chicago, just some animals in city parks. Uh, no, uh, why? And they were, why? they were called a menagerie. Yeah. You're going to be okay. okay. For 20 years, the zoo was small and not at all organized. Okay. That's what I want. More, an, more animals. That's yeah. called nature. <laughs> and, uh, more animals were, uh, came and by 1873, there were two bison, one bear, three wolves, two prairie dogs, five deer, peacocks, and other birds. Wow. In 1874, the park uh, bought its first animal instead of them being donated. They bought a bear cub for 10 bucks. <laughs> bear cubs, get your bear cub. <laughs> bear cubs, got a bear cub, black bear, grizzly bear, all kind of bear you need. Bear cubs, 10 bucks a cup. Now, because it was still part of the park, the people in charge of the park were also in charge of the zoo, even though they didn't have animal experience before they took the job, right? right. So. One of the very first superintendents of Lincoln Park uh, was a guy named Herman DeVry, who was Cyrus's uncle. And Herman died in 1888, and Cyrus went to Chicago for the funeral. And now Chicago's a huge city. Mm-hmm. He's never seen, it's 500,000 people. He's never seen like that. He's just like, wow, this is crazy. I want to live here. And uh, I assume through his connections, uh, he got a job working as a bricklayer in the park. Okay. At this point, the zoo was just some thrown together animal cages and a few animals. So mm-hmm. I and I forgot in the previous list, I forgot there were there's uh, four guinea pigs and two squirrels. Okay, and having great. listened to the dollop, and they're kind of just roaming around the same. No, okay. now they're now they're in they're in the the swans. I think are just in the, the pond or lagoon, the, but right. the but the bear they're clearly putting in a cage. Okay. They're putting them in cages. Okay. okay. What were you going to say about the dollop? Listening to the dollop. Well, the, there's two squirrels in this zoo. Like, how fucking hard was it to see a squirrel in Chicago? Yeah, I think that's, it's, it, <laughs> I mean, it's essentially to outside squirrels, it looks like the other two just got arrested. Yeah. Because they're just like, we're in a tree. That's Ted. He was here yesterday. Cyrus, as I said before, is super in animals. Uh, and he notices that no one's actually in charge of the zoo. Uh, or as it's called now, a menagerie, he pitched himself to the city commissioners as the man for the job. And he had zero experience with exotic animals, but he's like, look, I really handled some bulls and cows really fucking well. I jerked a lot of bulls off when I was a kid. And so they, they hire him because... Back then, handling animals was considered a macho job. So even a zoo guy, they're looking for a macho, tough guy right. to handle the, sure. the animals. Right, because in their uh, head, it's not the brain that's going to matter when it comes to it. It's like, how strong? Can the man throw a bear into a cage? That's great. That's our barometer. Uh, so zoos at this point are just a display of imperialism. They're, uh, they were proof of exploring and conquering other regions, as well as mastering nature. Okay. And, of course, uh, an example of American exceptionalism. Right. So uh, Theodore Roosevelt is a rising uh, politician. <laughs> we should kill them all! <laughs> Men who gave off civilized manliness and primitive masculinity. They're the new big thing. Right, okay. <laughs> and Ro- Roosevelt, of course, would shoot tons of animals yeah. on hunts while preaching, you know, save the environment. Yeah. So... 
That year, that year that he went on his hunt, Cyrus began working at the zoo, and they got they got their first elephant. Okay. Wow. Uh, the year Cyrus got hired. Jesus. So this is now, really elephants this, were, just, this is really growing now. El- yeah, elephants were the animal to get if you were a zoo. Quote, most early American zoos considered the day that their first elephant arrived as the day they became real zoos. It's the zoo bar mitzvah. That's right. It's the past. You put it up on a, ch- you uh, put up on a chair and you carry it around and you, everyone dances and sings. Uh, that's a wedding. That's a Jewish wedding that you're picturing. That doesn't happen at the bar mitzvah. That, uh, the bar mitzvah... Eh, they shoot the kid in the back no, of the head. No, that's the mob. Uh, up on the stage, no, no. and everyone eats the candy that comes out. No, I don't even know what. I don't think that's a thing. What you just said. No, <laughs> that's not. That's not a thing anyone's done. No, no. Oh wait. No, I'm thinking of the thing you hit with a stick. That's a pinata. And then yeah, that's pinata. I'm thinking of a pinata. Yeah, you're thinking of like a quinceanera or something like that. This this is again yeah. vastly different. I shouldn't have mentioned it. I shouldn't have mentioned it, but mm. it's it's just. Kick it with, I don't kick, have party kick, knowledge. Kick it with a Jew every now and then, Dave. Hmm. Hashtag kick it with a Jew. It seems anti-Semitic. What? Excuse me. I went to 50 bar mitzvahs. I'm Jewish, <laughs> baby. <laughs> uh, that quote was by historian Margaret Hansen that a lot of this is based on. So the zoo, as I said, had been called a menagerie, but from the elephant arrival forward, more and more papers started calling it a zoo. Right. Uh, Vernon Kissling Jr. said, quote, in America, the word menagerie assumed a negative connotation in common usage, implying improperly kept caged animals. So <laughs> a zoo is more science based and it's paid for by taxes, sure. whereas. And eventually zoo a- will come to have the same connotation. That's right. Sai uh, moved up the ranks very fast at the zoo. And in 1893, he was the head zookeeper. Once he was in charge, the zoo really took off. He personally helped design and build hundreds of new cages and habitats. He built the lion house and the Avery house, which were huge advances in the way zoo animals were kept or imprisoned, whatever the word you want. Mm -hmm. One of the first newspaper articles to mention his name was about Cy and a lion. Quote, a reporter for the Tribune found the headkeeper, Cy DeVry, in the male lion's cage, seated upon the back of the lion, fondling and caressing him as one would a favorite dog. Sorry, wait, what? Uh, I, I, they're just, they're fondling and caressing just doesn't, I mean, it just, it's different. It means a little, it's become a little creepier now than it did then. Otherwise, this dude's just laying down, sort of Joe Biden the back of the lion's head. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's what he's doing. Yeah. Yes, hi. And the lion oh, loves it. Everyone's sad. having a good time. Mm, oh. And then I watched the, la- the lion and the man slowly have sex. I was screaming to stop, <sighs> but they would not. It just kept going. This reporter is going to the zoo again tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but what got the attention wasn't taking care of the animals, it was being a tough guy with them. The Algata Courier printed a story under the headline Battle of the Elks. So, there's there's six or seven, wait, one, two, seven elks in this enclosure, and um, the two male elks are clearly fighting for Dominance. control of the herd. Right. So, they clearly didn't realize, should we put two 
guys in here know right. they they did. And so they they're fighting and they're really going at it. Um they somehow accidentally kill a doe while they're fighting. Eesh. So um then the two bucks are staring each other down and and Cy goes in with an iron bar. Okay. And then they both see him and start charging wildly so he backs out and he calls for backup. Okay. Uh, by the way, love the the ability to abort. Uh, if more people could just abort their first plan on this podcast, it would probably work <laughs> out a lot better. Like normally you would expect him to be like, "All right, I'm going to fight him with this bar." <laughs> What's the plan, Cy? I'm just going to walk in there with this steel beam, this bar. I'm going to hold this bar. And then what? Then hopefully they'll recognize me as the dominant robot elk. Here we go. I sh- if I'm not back in 20 minutes, get help. You know what? Actually, I'm not even going to go in much further. They seem really opposed. <laughs> they were pissed. Did you see how pissed they were? They knew mm-hmm. right away. They didn't even buy the steel beam gag. Yeah. They right away Not were right right away were like, we will kill yeah. you. Okay, so um I'm thinking I do once without the, the bar. Just go in there I myself. Like yeah, just go in there myself. Yeah, just go in there myself and just be me. And maybe I do it. Maybe I do it naked to sort of show them yeah. that I okay. am. Hold on. I am not uh, afraid of anything. I don't need anything. I'll just go in there naked, no. um, without the bar, and then I'll talk. We I'll, definitely hit I'll a weird. I'll talk to Amanda Elk. We definitely hit a weird spot. Um, like we were going fine, and then we hit definitely a weird sort of place. I'm going to. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take mm-hmm. all my clothes off. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go in there butt first, and I'm going to spread it. And we're going to see what happens. No, actually, there's an uh, ambulance coming for you right now. Uh, it has a crazy hat on top, and the reason it has a crazy hat on top, well, you'll find out. Well, I'm not wearing anything, so I'm not going to wear a crazy hat. <laughs> tell you that much. I don't want to look cuckoo. <laughs> Just going to walk butt cheeks spread backwards into the elk cage and talk okay. to Amanda Elk. I think that'll... Okay, right over here. There's two gentlemen here. How are you guys uh, doing? Stu, you. is that your name? Nice to meet you. You guys seem <clears> nice. All right, I'm just going to go with these guys for a little while. While I'm gone, yeah. um, make sure everything happens. Someone's going to need to get naked and go butt cheeks spread backwards into the elk cage to talk to them. Okay? All right, yeah. I'm going to go in the car with these guys. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> hmm. uh, so the elk start trying to hit the men through the fence. Quote, the smaller buck was finally lassoed from the fence and tied to a post. So... So Sai gets up on top of the fence and lassos one. Okay. Ties to the post, and then they pull it over, and Sai cuts off his antlers. Ugh, god damn it. Then they lassoed the other Ugh. one. Quote, Keeper DeVry, who attempted to fasten a rope to throw the animal, was struck by a blow that cut and bruised his hand so badly it was feared the bones were broken. Cut off that elk's antlers. So now the bucks are no longer fighting. Uh... I think the other way they would have done it is they would have had to kill some, kill one of them. So, well, uh, I mean, it just. But yeah, I, I will bite my through my tongue for the enclosure factor because yeah, obviously, like these elk in another circumstance, you wouldn't need to cut their antlers off. But anyway, okay, that's right. So, but uh, he comes across as a tough guy in the story, right? Oh yeah, and that's that's the first story we hear about him. So, so he's got a bad yeah. So uh, he takes control of the situation, and ruins his hand. 
So Sai implemented scientific study at the zoo. He told the Tribune, quote, we make it a rule to dissect every animal that dies here. <laughs> so they're not wasting them or using them no. as meat or whatever. No, but it's still like, you know, it's one of those proclamations where you're like, we don't need to hear that necessarily. <laughs> don't you worry. Every one of them that's dead gets cut open completely and every part's weighed and put on a scale. Sometimes we and fidget <laughs> around with their bits. <laughs> yeah. Put them in a and big man, bowl. man, a lot are dying, so there's a lot of science going on. Oh, we're mixing up hearts in there like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> it's like a Cupid factory. We've got so many hearts in the wrong place. Uh, so I also gave lectures on wild animals. He, and again, this guy, he, no education. Right. He just he just started hanging around animals. Uh, he handled the crime beat also. The Quincy Journal reported he quote, <laughs> the Quincy Journal reported quote gamekeeper Cy DeVry procured the arrest of a fellow yesterday who had caught a mess of goldfish from one of the lagoons. <laughs> Man, my buddy used to be a uh, manager at a building that had koi ponds. <laughs> oh God! He had like a third story apartment, and he would just look out his window and just have to shout at people to stop stealing the koi. <laughs> Stop it! That's amazing. Uh, in, a, okay. in, 18, in 1895, Cy made national headlines when Major, a lion at the zoo, had a badly ulcerated tooth causing him not to eat meat for two weeks. I'm vegan. Cy decided to take the tooth out. Okay. So I guess they made an announcement because 2,000 people came to watch him remove... The tooth from the lion. Sai's going to die this Saturday. This Saturday, Sai will die. Uh, quote, at about two o'clock, the keepers went into the cage, followed by the admiring eyes of the great crowd, among them several hundred women. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're capable of watching things take place, too. <laughs> so Sai moved in on Major as the lion growled. He got a rope around him. And then he handed the rope to the assistants outside the cage who pulled on it. So now they have the, now they're pull, they pulled the, ca- the lion over to the side. And then Cy put more ropes around Major until they could pull his legs through the cage and hold on to him. Oh, my God. Just. Then he put a rope around each, you know, part of his upper and lower jaw. And they opened the jaw with more ropes. And by the way, the and lion he... not thinking this is okay for some reason. <laughs> the lion really puzzled by this whole move. And then uh, the vet came in with his instruments, and as soon as the vet came in, well, the crowd this cheers. one's called <laughs> Camp Town Lady. Here we go from the top. The vet that removes the tooth came out in three pieces. It was super rotted. Uh, then the vet held up the tooth for the crowd to see, and everyone cheered again. Uh, uh, Ooh, can you believe we got outside to watch this, girls? Ooh, it was worth it. And then everybody left except Sai, and they released the lion, and then Sai and the lion played together for a what? bit, and the crowd watched. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. The lion was like, yeah, he ain't so bad. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Sai derives willingness to enter cages and interact <laughs> with f- frightening zoo animals made the zoo into a violent and exciting place for people. Yeah. Yes. I mean, imagine if you could go to a zoo and you knew a guy was going to go in there and have some sort of issue with a lion. There's no TV. People are making the paper because they didn't pick up their mail. And you're talking about a fucking dude going out there ripping molars out of lions and then tussling? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
so the animals had to be moved every spring and fall to their summer and winter uh, quarters, right? right? So a lot of animals not into that, and they refused to get into the mobile cage for the transfer. So Sai would have to go into the oh animal enclosure God. to secure the animal with a rope so the others could pull, pull the animal into the mobile cage. So these encounters were often violent and drew very large crowds. Each, each time a six, uh, he was successful moving an animal, the crowd would applaud and cheer. Yay! That <laughs> one's going to its winter home. <laughs> One transfer also involved Major, the lion. The Chicago Tribune, quote, The lion, wild with rage, bounded about the cage, and Keeper DeVry, being in his path, was knocked from one end to the other. He suffered another knockout before getting another rope around Major's neck. So he's literally just battling he's these just, animals. And he's getting knocked out. He's Yeah, he's just getting... Yeah. So- I mean, he. I think he's just constantly bloody and, and cut and... Bruised what are you and, kids doing today? We's gonna go down to the zoo and see if that fella get killed again. All right. Sai <laughs> uh Sai's a constant source of tough guy masculinity, dominating wild animals, but also showing civilized restraint right. at the same time. Uh he always has a very tenuous relationship with the park board. In 1985, the park board uh f- fires him. In what year? 1895? 1895, sorry. Two zoo visitors had made complaints of animal cruelty. One complained after they saw Cy whipping a leopard. Cy dismissed the woman as irrational, saying her complaints were exaggerated. Quote, a woman crank wrote me a letter. I wish I had kept that missive. It was four pages long, and it called me a cruel, hard-hearted wretch. Just because I swatted a jaguar over the nose to save my own life. <laughs> yeah, don't, ma'am, you don't understand. Leopards get whipped in the in natural world every day. They're used to it. They're used to it. It's how they communicate. Yeah, I mean, yes, of course. I'm yes. It's not to say that the person does not handling the animals well or like has a way with them. But yeah, I mean, like you could not you could not make the argument that. Uh, yeah, that an animal's life is ever better in enclosure, you know? Yeah. Uh, so he had, uh, he basically was making the point that he's caring for the animals, but he's doing it as a man, and women don't understand these things. Well, and Dave, that is a point we can all get behind. Uh, yeah. That is, that, that I get. You, look. How would a woman <laughs> understand an animal? I understand leopards better than women. <laughs> Uh, two zoo visitors had made complaint. Oh, sorry. Uh, so the Chicago Tribune loved Sai at this point, and reporters wrote glowing stories of him. And in late 1895, he was back on the job, and the crowds came back as well. Okay. Uh, the Chicago Tribune quote The crowd of people were absolutely transported with admiration for Keeper DeVry, who is the most modest man imaginable. And gave a round of applause at the conclusion of each of his contests. If any park commissioner had come into that crowd and talked about removing DeVry from office, he would have he would from office he would infallibly have been ducked into the nearest pond. Okay, so that's nice. So did he yeah, get so did the, he get like was he not fired, but was he like reprimanded for 
He was he was fired, and then they brought him oh, back. He was fully there was fired. so much demand. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. They t- they dismissed him. Oh wow. But people fucking love this guy yeah, already. Right. Uh, so he also helped create a new door system that allowed zookeepers to open an indoor cage as they let the animals into the outdoor area. Uh, okay. This system is still used today in zoos. The way that you mean the way that they are able to get in and out without having to like directly be alone with an animal. Yeah. Right, okay. He was also on the cutting edge of other practices like deterring rats from animal enclosures. <laughs> what? How? Which I guess, I guess before. No, no, they no. Were like, yeah. <laughs> that who who's in there with the cheetah? Oh, those are fifty, sixty rats. <laughs> this is a rat cheetah ex- exhibition. Uh, now, just imagine think, these animals I, without the rats, everybody. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, up until then, it sounds like there was no pest control going on. Right. So you would just. And so he. So the rats he sort of like, implemented awesome. that. This is cool. It's good to meet you. <laughs> You're, this is awesome. I never met an elephant. Uh, the rats think they're, they're could, rats like, yeah, look, they're just putting all the exotic species in here. You know, we got lions, <laughs> elephants, fucking rats. We're all just kind of these interesting international animals that people haven't seen. And I love it when the people come here. They come see all the wild. They got, we got a bear. We got a bunch of guinea pigs. There's 80 rats. We're here. You know, we're just <laughs> kicking it all exotic, weird animals, you know. People love lions. People love rats, too. They love us. We love each other. Yeah, it's great. Hashtag zoo life. <laughs> so, uh, but he, he basically up, he did upgrade the quality of zoos. Like he was, right. he was on the cutting edge of that. Uh, he, he often carried a whip to control the animals. Now, his next big battle made news all over the world. Uh, the headline was "Man and Bear Fight Duel." What does that mean? Okay, <laughs> but what about that man in, who has letters at the post office? No, no, no. We've got a better <laughs> one. It's a better story. In September 1897, he uh, he either poked or rattled the cage of a 500-pound grizzly to get him up for some uh, spectators. Okay, the bear is upset, and it. <laughs> Between the bars, it nips Cyrus's foot. Now, Cy's not having any of that. And he goes into the bear pit, closing the gate behind him, as the Tribune wrote with, quote, no weapons but his fists. What is... But then, but then, then the Tribune explains how Cy used a, quote, slight whip. So the Tribune's like, he only had his fists. He's got... And a- Whip Junior, we call it. Baby Whip. He's got a baby whip. <laughs> uh, but this time, the whip did not subdue the bear, and it only made the bear matter. I, as, a, as someone who has no degrees in science or nature, I could have told you whipping the bear will aggravate the bear. Yeah. A crowd gathered around uh, the pit to watch man fight. He's finally going to die. <laughs> A, a zoo assistant saw what was happening and threw a rake down to Sai, but Sai couldn't Here, get, get to those it. leaves in the corner. <laughs> Hurry, Sai! <laughs> the, the whole aesthetic is thrown off. So the bear rushed Sai a few times, and finally, one time, he caught hold of Sai's legs, and then he bit Sai in the leg. Sai and the bear rolled over and over and over 
Is this this is and not a cartoon? This is actually this is an actual <laughs> this thing. This is real. Okay. <clears throat> and Sai Sai somehow managed to throw the 500 pound bear off of him at some point. What? But the bear still holds on to his leg, and then the bear climbs and gets on top of him. And so they're facing each other. So Sai tries to choke the bear as the bear choke tries to bite him. The bear. And then Sai gets free and stands up, and the bear grabs his shoulders and bites the back of Sai's arm. Sai then spins around and hits the bear with, quote, a right-hand punch that struck the animal in the back of the ear and set it rolling on the ground. What? Before the dazed brute could recover, the man was in safety behind the iron gate. Jesus. So he turns around, and he just fucking right-hooks the bear, and then he makes for the fence. Uh... And he gets out of the cage and then he immediately faints. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he just revenanted. it. Uh, so there's no actual reason. For, there was no reason for him to enter the enclosure. He just wanted to assert his control right, over the bear that had nipped him and, and be a tough guy, right? Yeah. So, but he's badly wounded. Like, he's got a big chunk of his leg is fucked up and he, he has to heal. Not many people elect for a bear attack. Not me. I wouldn't. I don't fight bears. I fight guinea pigs. Ah, get in there. Like I'll fuck up. Yeah, a guinea, guinea pig. pigs. Even then, I mean, imagine that where you're like, "Yeah, you got me." Oh man, the guinea pig's gonna take Sai out. <laughs> uh, so he has to heal in bed for months. Still, the Tribune writes that Sai had won the fight. Uh, wow. I guess because he's alive. Like, yeah, you won because you were alive, but you left. You ran away from the fight. That's not a winner. The reason Sai had a tenuous relationship with the park ward. With the the reason Sai had a tenuous relationship with the park board was because early American zoo directors emphasized science, order, and education to show they were different from circuses and menageries. Right. But people coming uh, coming to the zoo they they want action and they're often bored at looking at animals just hanging out. So Sai's battles with bears and lions were more something one would see in a circus or a menagerie. So that was. The, the so the board, park board's issue is that there's not a lot of information attached to whatever he's doing, right? And and just that he's over the top, and but yeah, it's like it's a show. He's a crowd favorite. He's selling tickets, right? Right. Yeah. And yet the board doesn't like it. So uh, in July, uh, on July twenty third, eighteen ninety nine, tragedy struck the zoo. The Philadelphia Inquirer headline told the story: "Quote Ostrich, which lost its mate, commits suicide." In Lagoon. Oh, my God. What? An ostrich drowned itself? Well, the bird escaped. I thought it was sand. The bird escaped from his cage, and uh, it was being chased around the park by Cy and two assistants trying to catch it. Now, at some point, it ran up a bridge, and the bridge was very high, and it got to the top of the bridge and jumped off the bridge 75 feet down into the lagoon. Oh, God. So it was like... I mean, yes, it was trying to get away. Some people said it was because they were chasing the bird, but Cy disagreed yes. completely. <laughs> no, you asshole. First, first, the bridge was called a suicide bridge because so many people had jumped to their death from it. And the ostrich knew that. The ostrich knew that. The ostrich was, uh, the ostrich was very aware of that name. Second, the bird had just suffered a terrible loss. Cy, quote, it was clearly an attempt at suicide, and there was nothing... 
of must or chance about it. You see, this poor bird's husband died some four months ago while the two were in transit to our zoo. I've always noticed that the bird seems suffering from melancholia or some kindred ailment of a purely mental origin. Now its strange act in leaping from the suicide bridge has certainly confirmed my worst suspicions. That is un... He left a note. There's a note. A proof. This is a, ost- a note from the ostrich. Dear cruel world, <laughs> after losing my mate, I was unaware what I could do. So I did what I felt necessary. I am sorry for those I have hurt with my decision, but I went to Suicide Bridge for a reason. You see, I used to feel ostrich, and since the loss of my mate, I feel os poor. <laughs> Goodbye. P.S. Head in sand no longer works. Yeah. Yeah. P.S. Can breathe through sand. <laughs> Figured out hard way. He did. Cy did mention that it, he, he was like, I, it is amazing that the bird knew that was a suicide bridge. Oh, we're all we all marvel at the genius of the fowl. Don't get us wrong. So Cy had some interesting methods. When the lions were upset because their cubs had been taken away, he handled it. I'm going to go stab one of them. <laughs> see what that, I'll get in there and poke him with a knife for a little bit. See if that works. So the thing about babies and zoos is the more babies you had, it looked like your zoo was very successful. But then they would sell the animals away because they couldn't have, you know, 50 lions or whatever. So right. they sold a bunch of lions one day and um, the lions are upset that their cubs are gone. Yeah. Yes. Um. And so I handled it in a way probably a lot of zoos wouldn't. Uh, the Buffalo Morning Express, quote, Animal keeper Cy DeVry fired a heavy shotgun a few times into the lion's cages in order to quiet them. After the last shot was fired and the smoke had cleared away, there was the stillness of a tomb. Suddenly, the older lion made a mad plunge at a keeper who stood near the cage and the howling began again. Wait, I don't know. Wait, what just happened? The lions are roaring so he, and, and fucking howling. So he fires his gun. So he brings his shotgun. Boosh, boosh. You guys, you guys going to keep yelling? And then they're like, yeah, we're animals. Of course we're going to keep yelling. <laughs> yeah, and then they attacked another keeper. <laughs> okay, good plan. Uh, so at this point, he was being invited all over the country to lecture about zoology, which he has no degree in. You're going to want to flick an elephant in the nuts, really get it <laughs> aggravated, and then get on its back. That's uh, how nature works. If, uh, if a bear bites your calf, you got to punch that fucker in the face. I'll never forget the time I ate a grizzly bear cub in front of the mother, <laughs> just to show her who was dominant. <laughs> Uh, so Cy did things his way and he was now powerful and popular, which again, didn't sit well with the city's politicians. And in 1900, he made some enemies when he fired a connected employee who refused to work. Okay. (laughs) How dare you? So these politicians then falsely reported the zoo was $177,000 in debt and he was fired. That's like a million dollars today. Like that's a lot of fucking money. So, yeah. So they figure out a way to get rid of him, and the zoo falls apart. Four of the five camels die. Animal rides. Camels. Animal rides are bringing in tons of money, so that was bad. And the public is demanding that they rehire Psy, and so the politicians give in. It turns out, it also turned out 
that when they looked into it, the zoo's not in debt. So it was just all a setup. So they they have to reinstate him uh, in 1901. Good Lord, they're just they're like making him the Rocky of zoos. <laughs> So after, soon after returning, he was bitten by a lion on the hand pretty badly. And Jesus Christ. He lost, he lost part how of many, it. How many hands does he have? More than two? <laughs> He's got six. I feel like he has six arms. Uh, he lost part of his index finger, and then the rest of the hand is not healing. So he goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, look, if, if this, this doesn't start healing soon, we're going to have to cut your hand off. Wait, you know, the, the the doctor at any point just, like, put a rope around his <laughs> neck and then, like, drag him to the side of the room where a bunch of guys <laughs> put his legs out the window and then hog-tied him while they tried to figure out what was wrong with his hand? Uh, so Sai's like, well, if I don't have a hand, I'm not going to be able to do my job. Um, so Sai goes home that day and shoots himself in the head. What? The, what? I looked for what happened. But I couldn't find a story. I have no idea how he survived, or he she shot him. How he wasn't survived. fucked up? Like it must have been a problem with a gun or something. Or, but he's he's okay. I'll tell you what doesn't hurt anymore is the hand. But everybody reports that he, you know, all the all the papers reported he tried to commit suicide. Um. His fiance then leaves him because that's, you know, that's the kind of thing you do back then. If no one wants to be with the guy, you know, that, that was back when if you commit suicide, everyone's like, OK, everybody get away from this guy. We've got a broken soul that will only take you down with him. Run away. Run away fast. Do not console. Do not do anything. This one's broken. So she leaves him. Somehow the hand heals and he goes back to work. Um. <laughs> And just like, who shoots themselves in the head and their hand gets I have no- <laughs> on December 29th, 1901, two wolves rushed through the front door of the park commissioner's headquarters during a board meeting. We want to be enclosed. Everybody freaks out and runs for the back door, which is what you do when wolves s- come into your building. In the back, there's just embers from a cigarette burning. I mean... Hello, wolves. Basically, the Evening Times, quote, it was just a little joke that Cy DeVry played on the boys. (laughs) That was a prank? He wolf pranked them? (laughs) Oh, you idiots. These are my wolves. Uh, The wolves were new, and he'd spent the last few weeks training them until they were, quote, tame as pet dogs. But the board wasn't pleased. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the wolves were really bounding in like a couple of dogs would do into a house. Right. But, you know, they're right. wolves. They're wolves. I don't know if you've ever seen right. a wolf dog, but it's, they're terrifying. Oh, they're wolves. They're wolves. Yeah. It's, like you're, it's like a rabid dog. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons he may have done this was because Cy was a huge drinker. He okay. This is this is helping, and that may have that may have been because he suffered from bouts of what was then called melancholy or depression. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, his drinking was pretty much. An- and what do you do for melancholy, Dave? Well, you hide it from everyone. That's right. Uh, and his drinking was pretty much an open secret in Chicago by now, and also that explains why he said what he did about the swans and... And it explains getting into it, yes. like, the fire, shooting your gun. And, I mean, this this adds some context. Yeah. Th- this is helpful for yeah, me. Yeah, so he's so he's, this, he's, he's super... This man's, 
He's super depressed. This is a zoo bender. It's a zoo bender. Yeah, he's super depressed in a time when there there is no mental health clinic or or uh, mental health right. professional you can go to. Uh, you know, you're this is uh, a lot of people who did stuff like this who are amazing people probably had a little something going on. Uh, you know, and right, and and you have no option other than to self medicate. Yes, and. Yeah, you just yeah. I mean, there it is. It is crazy. As bad as we attend to mental health and like addiction today, at least we acknowledge that there is like a mental connection. Yeah. That is, you know, Although I'd say in, a, in you know in other countries, I think they attend to mental. I'd say in America, we're still punching bears. We're te- we're terrible, but at least like we can. At, at least now we acknowledge the problem. We don't do anything to solve it or help in any way. <laughs> But at least we're at the point where we're like, yes, that is out of your control. And another thing we're not going to help you with. Thank you. Now, it's a few a few years into his career. Cy now has a signature look that he's pretty much staying with. Uh, it's uh, one hand down, big hole in the head, bottle of bourbon in the pocket. Missing a finger. Missing a fingy. Yeah, the pointer. He has a tiger tooth hanging from a pocket watch chain. Mm-hmm. He always wears the exact same hat. He dresses <laughs> in suits and has a very bushy mustache. And he almost always has a cigar hanging from his mouth. Great. Great. He, so he kind of resembles the Monopoly guy on Safari. That's right. That's right. So he's Great. a celebrity now. And with that comes meeting other celebrities in 1902, heavyweight champion Robert Fitzsimmons wanted to buy a lion to wrestle as part of his training. Mm-hmm. Yep. And his trainer was like, that's perfect. Yep. <laughs> Do that and eat nothing but eggs. This is 1902. Cy set up a meeting with Fitzsimmons, but unfortunately, Cy didn't show up to it because he was, quote, cornered by three elks and knocked insensible. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on. What? It is the best. So unfortunately, he's insensible from elk antler. <laughs> it's the best. They really banged him around. It's the best reason for not going to a meeting I've ever heard. He's been banged insensibly. <laughs> By what? He's uh, elk. He was elk. Three elk. Okay. I mean, if you want to get, if you want the whole yeah. story, he wants to meet you because he would love to give you this line. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and by the way, as far as training, you're not going to get a better trainer than a wild lion. Yeah, that's what I thought. But it's a great idea. But the problem is, Cy was going to head over here, but then three elk cornered him uh-huh. and tried to take his life. Uh, oh. Um, and they just bashed him around. And um, the last time I saw him, about 20 minutes ago, he was asking me to buy stock and marbles, which means that he's just not with us right now. Well, but he was, he was really just, they were, it was like he was a tennis ball and they were just, he was literally bouncing off of their, uh, their antlers. I'm, I'm thinking I should buy three elk instead of this lion. It's not a bad idea. I would start with two elk to train with, okay. and then once you get better, get a third. But talk to Sai about that. He's the one who really understands how the animals work. But he's insensible. He just is in the inf- he's in the, in the infirmary right now, just because he's been knocked insensible. Well, I mean, his brain was really just. They really they they attacked the head. I'll just put it right. that way. 
they knew the head was where the stuff was, and they relentlessly attacked it. Okay. Um, they were stomping on him. They were bashing. They, the whole thing went on for about two hours and 40 minutes sure. he was in there. And they were just, it was, I mean, they, he was, it, he looked pulpy at the end. Okay. Um, but he could probably meet in a week or so once his head comes back. Yeah, okay. Um, but as for right now, he is not himself because elks have almost murdered him. Okay. All right, well. Yeah, I, and that was about 20 minutes ago. All right, I guess I'll just take off. Well, this is the guy you should trust on how to handle animals and what you should be buying. No doubt. This is the guy. Listen to him. Uh, opera star Emma Ames came to the zoo, and Cy let her. She brought champagne with her, and Cy let her. Wait, what kind of star is she? Uh, she's an opera star. Opera star, okay. Cy let her give champagne to the elephant, uh, who was named the Duchess. Mm. Okay, dokey. So that's... I feel like we're jumping the shark a little now. I told the Tribune, quote, the Duchess didn't wait on ceremony. She used to be a circus elephant and knows a good thing at first sight. She grabbed the bottle, emptied it, and then reached for more. So the... Yep. Good. What a brag. (laughs) Oh, because of uh, early trauma, this elephant knows to drink alcohol. But don't... But don't... As I recall, don't elephants like to get fucked up? I think I've... I mean, I don't... A lot of animals like to get... I mean, there's so many things where, like, you know, animals find different, like, fermented fruits or, um, yeah, just, like, leaves or things like that that'll trip them out or vines or whatever. But I don't think... Rarely... It takes uh, a real watering down of their natural instincts to get them to be like, Champagne? I'd love a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Why, Yes. Put it on my truck tray. Uh, so, Cy also made sure everyone knew he was close with Ames, saying they were old friends, and she always came to the zoo. So he also sort of cultivates this celebrity, you know, celebrities like me sort of thing. I mean, right? It, it, soon he's a name drop. Soon Teddy Roosevelt is coming by. Like it's like it's a thing. He's a thing. Okay. Uh, one day, Duchess threw dirt on a woman named Mary Coles, and Cy apologized and offered to have her come back for a personal tour. And the two were so in love and got married. Okay. That's nice. That's how you know it's the one when the elephant kicks dirt on it. That's right. Now, not everyone was into zoos. Uh, there was definitely a lot of criticism for people who thought zoos were cruel and unethical. In Weird. 1902, famous German singer Madame Lily Lehman wrote to the Tribune criticizing the animal enclosures at the Lincoln Park Zoo. She said the foxes and wolves didn't have a place to stay or lay warm and that the Bronx Zoo had much better accommodations. Sai, okay. Sai of course, responded. Uh, and that <clears throat> he said that if he put down straw for the foxes, they would get mange and lose their hair in three months. Quote, I guess Lily knows more about high notes than she does about keeping wild animals. Great. Uh, but he also knows very little about... I mean, he knows from experience, but as far as, like, what to actually do... Yeah. He doesn't... Well, you've, I mean, he's just kind of like... He's like a gut instinct. He's like, my gut tells me they'll get mange. Uh, he also said Lehman was one of many, quote, tender-hearted women who sent misguided letters. Mm. Yep, she's well, she suffers from that empathy. 
<laughs> Foolish lady. Another high society woman in Chicago who disliked zoos said they should release all the animals into the wild and replace them with statues. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that she's got a great plan. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I mean, I agree with her premise, but yeah, the solution isn't there. <laughs> she's not solving. She's pointing out the problem, not solving it. Uh, Sy explained the children would not. We should just replace it with paintings of animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe men and women who are in costume who pretend to be them. Yes. Thank you. That is how you'd solve your problem. Thank you so much. Uh, Sy explained children would not like the statues as much as they liked live animals. And also that if they, I mean, they couldn't. Re- what a softball for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, actually, I'm going to just make a fine point on your idea, and that's that uh, statues are not as cool as live animals. Man. Mm. Yes. <laughs> the paper actually put, uh, had, it, there were drawings, but a, a bunch of drawings of what the statues would look like. Like, they just totally fucked with her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> um. In 1902, two hyenas got into a, quote, fierce fight. Mm-hmm. So Psy goes into the cage and breaks it up with his... What? I can't... I mean, this is this is really crazy. I mean, uh, there, there's a lot going on, but, like, I, two hyenas no. fighting and it, then, like, getting in the cage? You completely lost me. That is me. so crazy. At hyenas, I was just like, no. I mean, there's so many animals. I'm like, okay. And then the hyenas, I'm like, what? I, no. Well... A, a, a lion is crazy. Like, the lion stuff is totally crazy. But, and so is the elk stuff. But, yeah, like, two fighting hyenas is just, it's a force. Yeah. You can't, you shouldn't try to penetrate it. No. Uh, so he goes in and breaks it up with his bare hands. What's so funny? <laughs> Days later, the same hyenas start fighting again, and one gets an injured paw during the fight, so Sai goes in, breaks it up again, then ropes up the hyena and, quote, straddled Nero and applied salve to its foot. A huge crowd watched the entire event. Later that year, Sai would go into the lion enclosure and break up a fight between two lions. Uh, Dave, you're lying. <laughs> I mean, that's... That is how. I don't know. Five, two lions. Can you imagine? I don't know. Like, wouldn't two lions be like, hey, let's kill this guy and then pick up? Yeah. I mean, I would. I'm not a lion, though. No, it's true. Uh, I've always been very upfront about that. Interruption paper quote. He was smoking a cigar very quietly and continued to do even As after. As opposed to like, I'm having a puff right now. No, when he goes in to stop the lion fight. Oh, he's smoking it quietly in there? The, the cigar is just sticking out of his mouth, I think, all the time. Right. And so okay. he goes in. So he's smoking the cigar very quietly and continued to do so even after the first lion roared at him. Then he walloped them over the heads with a whip and still smoking his cigar, made a noose, which he deftly passed over the growling head of one of the beasts. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's a pretty fucking cool picture. I mean, it is, as long as you're cool with, like, a lion noose. Whatever. <laughs> I he mean, didn't kill the lion. Yeah. He just caught it. I am aware. It's just, it is damaging. But, yes, I mean, there... It's I, damaging. The lion your... lives in a fucking cage. <laughs> the lion is... That's what I mean. The lion is already way damaged. 
Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, like it's all it's all very damaging. But um, yes, a man smoking a cigar, it's a masculine image, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. In 1903, he entered the lion cages twice, once to get a lion to come in out of the wind and wants to repair... Now he's just, like, looking for stuff. <laughs> now he's just, like... Now he wants fights with lions. Now he's looking for lion fights. You're going inside where it's not cold right now! You're gonna catch a cold! That's it! I'll beat the shit out of you to keep you healthy! Uh, another time to repair a ruptured blood vessel. So there's a bunch of stories in papers of him doing surgery on animals. Um, wow. He re- removing a tumor from a parrot, an abscess and small piece of bone from a monkey. Like it's just, I mean, he literally is just also like acting like a doctor. <clears throat> it's crazy. I cannot. It's benign. Now there's also an increasing problem of mashers in the park. Okay. And uh, always good. Yeah. So zoo directors want a very civil environment. Right in the zoos because that's yeah. that's what they're going for. So he uh, he decided he would help out with the mashers his way. Quote: A much more efficient way of dealing with mashers is just to administer a good beating. We arrest them only when they are troublesome to handle. Okay, so he's like, you see what I do with the animals. We can also start doing with the humans. That's right. <laughs> We just need a whip, and we'll beat them, and that'll be good. And actually, they could live in this space over here. Next to the lion cage, we've got the masher exhibit. So he would watch a guy that he suspected of being a masher, and if the guy mashed a woman, right, he he pinched or grabbed a woman or whatever, he would wait until the masher did it to another woman just to be sure. Interesting. Quote, I only reach into the crowd, grab them by the collar, and let them have two or three short jabs. I'm getting tired of taking cases to the police, and I intend to give them a few hard jolts and kick them out. So if you go to see, if you go to the park Mm -hmm. to go to this man's menagerie zoo, Mm -hmm. you will see him fight bears, break up lion fights, detumor parrots, Mm -hmm. and now he's adding to the show... That if there are pervy dudes in the crowd, he, when he's sure it's them, he goes out and beats them. Yeah. Well, it's a zoo. Yeah. It's the same. If you go to L.A. Zoo today, it's the same thing. It's the exact same. Okay. Um, Okay. March 1904. It's the only. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) March 1904. A baby orangutan arrived at the zoo. Uh, Oh, no. It had been born on the voyage, so they 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 got a they captured or they were sold a a, a pregnant orangutan, and um, okay, the crew named it uh, quote Mike from his resemblance to the cartoon Irishman. Now what that that I found in the Wichita Daily Eagle. So the, the, apparently there was a, I couldn't find what Mike the Irish cartoon was, but. Um, I, I think we can agree that it was probably pretty tame. <laughs> I'm sure it was uh, not racist at stereotypical. all. Stereotypical, yeah. But it seems like the mother's name was the real problematic one. Uh, she was named Miss Dooley. And Irish papers found out, and they demanded Miss Dooley be renamed. Quote, 
In many American cities, <laughs> orangutans and other divisions of the monkey family are given Irish names because of an, ale- because of an alleged resemblance to the Irish race. Oh, my Oh my word. The practice is an insult to everyone <laughs> with Irish blood in his veins. Uh, uh, and they're just like, eh, Miss Dooley works. <laughs> so Cy is Cy. Yeah. And Cy okay. refuses. All right. And he also said it was true. Monkeys did look like Irish people. All right, Cy, the press <laughs> conference is over. Let's, uh, no more questions. That's good. Thank you for adding that addendum, though. Really helpful stuff. <laughs> Quote Such names as Elizabeth Tudori and the Duchess of Marlborough would be ridiculous. The outing does not resemble either. She was known as Miss Dooley on the ship. Anyone who does not like the name can call her something else. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, Uh, So this, for some reason, made the Irish furious. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what it was about that. And then they threatened to sue. Now, one article I read said that they were suing... To change the name, but I also think they were just going to sue for damages or whatever. I don't know. Wow! But they gave. So they, I mean, uh, and it, and it, it. I mean, yeah. I, you obviously understand where they're coming from, but the follow-up sue does make it a little funnier, like to the yeah. the side that's being the worst. So they give him a three-day deadline before they're going to file the suit. The, oh, the park the, board was not enjoying We are done with this. This is over. No more. You have three days to decide. What are you going to keep today, Mrs. Dole? She looks nothing like us. Nothing like us. Okay? For the last time. But you have three days to decide. And then after the three days, if that fucking thing's name is still Miss Dooley, we're coming for you. <laughs> we'll, ta- we'll sue the pants off you. We'll take away your whole entire menagerie. Your zoo, everything. And so um, I guess the park board was not thrilled with all of this. And uh, the next day. So uh, we're being sued by Ireland. <laughs> get Just get that out there. So Ireland, yes, Ireland is suing the zoo. Exactly. Ireland is suing the zoo. Right. For racism. So Ugh. anyway, any other stuff on the docket we should talk about? Sure. That's not that important. The next day, Cy relented and said the guys on the ship had named her, but everyone at the zoo just called her the Rang. And the papers, uh, and then that was it. The Irish dropped it. They're like, oh, okay, that's, yeah, all right. Hold on. We need a minute to confer with our attorney. It was totally different. The Rang works. Good day. But the papers and Cy continued to call her Miss Dooley for the rest of her life. Right. Despite his uh, Macho Man characters, Cy was often photographed holding and feeding baby animals. There are pictures of him feeding a baby peccary. I think I've seen him with like three um, from a bottle, and he's feeding baby monkeys. This helps him show off the variety of animals and that he is a scientific expert. So baby animals are one way to show, I think I said this before, that the zoo is doing very well. But the people still love the animal fights more than anything. That's the fucking right. jam. Bread and butter. In 1904, the Chicago Tribune praised his daring ways. Quote, Chicago recalls the period a few years ago when DeVry was not animal keeper at the park. In those days, nothing ever happened. The wildest, fiercest creatures in the collection lived in a peanut and popcorn existence, 
tamer than that of the average alley cat. Nothing ever broke out of its cage. But with the return of DeVry, strenuousness became characteristic of the members of the zoo family. Almost any day or night, the menagerie broke loose somewhere and somebody or something came as near as being eaten up or swallowed or squeezed to death as the destructive equipment of the animal suggestion. He's the kind of animal keeper to have. Uh, that is the craziest. That is such a crazy take. <laughs> the idea that, I mean, look, again, you're kind of mincing words and splitting hairs a little bit when you're talking about, like, what is the best existence for an animal <laughs> in a cage? Come on. <laughs> let's be real. What do they really want in their cage? In their cage. But the idea that, I mean, it's just, <laughs> the idea that that's a good thing, that that's a good that. You know, yeah. that's like it. It's it really is the most American of takes. Yeah, it's just like yeah. What would you like? A calm, quiet place where the animals are just sitting, or one where their lives are in fear and they're on edge? That's exciting. And anyone can that's die at any time. Anyone's dying. Yeah, I mean. Also, they use strenuousness purposefully because that was what. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt had used in a big speech, and it was, like, characteristic of him, right? Right, right, of course. So, but as time went by, Cy went into the animal cages less and less. In 1913, he wrote, quote, When I was younger and more foolish than I am now, I did enter a tiger cage. I didn't stay in there long, and I kept tigers in the air while I was in there. I wouldn't go in such a cage again for a million dollars. I th- Can he levitate tigers? I'm not sure... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. What that means. Yep. No problem there. I mean, it's really hard. I can't lift tigers with my mind like I used to be able to. Uh, a Tribune reporter came to the zoo. And so it was one of these guys who's like, I do a different job and then I write about it. So he came right. uh, and he wanted to know what it was like to be a lion keeper. And he said he wanted to go into a lion cage. And so I said, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Hey, it's Joe on the job. Today I'm going to die. <laughs> Hey, what, what? I want to know what it's like to have my the, my the skin ripped off my face. Uh, make sure you're writing this down, as it disembowels me. It feels really bad, and I'm totally freaking out. So I said, "Quote: Didn't I play with one of those bears for 13 years, and then one nice day have him chew off the calf of my leg?" So then he let the reporter hold a baby leopard, and the baby leopard tried to claw off his nose, and that was enough for the reporter. Wow, that guy's really getting out there. <laughs> I want to be in a lion cage. Oh, the baby cut me. In 1914, the zoo's python, Romeo, had not eaten for seven months. Hmm. So Sai saw a picture of this gun. He might just be pretending to die to meet up with Juliet on the other That's side. That's right. Potential. So Sai saw a picture of this gun. What? And of what gun? <clears throat> it was a feeding gun. And Sai ordered the gun... Uh, to feed the python. Dave, is there a more American term than feeding gun? He and his assistants held Romeo down, quote, while 50 pounds of meat were shot down the snake's throat. Oh, 50 pounds. (laughs) That's a lot. That that also sounds like our... Solution to homelessness in this country. We got a feeding gun. Yeah, we're gonna go around feeding gun. 
We're shooting burgers out of an AK, finally. The American dream hath cometh. Cy was... Uh, don't look at that yet. I put it up too early. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, Cy was an in- incredibly popular with kids. In 1916, he got an offer to manage the Seelig Zoo in Los Angeles for twice the pay. Now, Chicago freaked out. They demanded the city pay him more money. And wow. uh, so he started negotiating a new salary, and the papers followed it like every single offer, or <laughs> everything that happened. It was in the papers. Right. The okay. Tribune ran at least 15 articles covering negotiations. Okay. One article was titled, Children Beg Sigh to Remain. In most cities, elephants were the draw, but in Chicago, sigh was the draw for the zoo. Right. Around this time, right after he signed the contract, I think it, it ended up being about $120,000 a year uh, in our money. Uh, in, right. Around this time... A 14-year-old kid from Mattoon, Illinois, saved $10 and ran away from home and made for Chicago, quote, to gaze upon Cy DeVry. When he arrived at Lincoln Park, he walked around for two days. He did not see Cy, and finally a cop found him starving. And when Cy read about it in the paper, he walked the kid around his zoo, quote, hand in hand. The Tribune then started a regular feature of kids' quotes about side to fry. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. In 1918, Cy had another python that was not eating. Time for the uh-huh. gun. But this time he used a celebrity to turn it into a media spectacle. He invited f- probably the most famous uh, evangelical preacher in the country, uh, and also b- ex-baseball star Billy Sunday. Okay. Tons of reporters covered it. A huge crowd gathered as, quote, Sally gulped down pound after pound of raw meat as Billy Sunday pumped it into her. Jesus Christ. This is so dumb. Now, that sounds pretty <laughs> sexual and gross. And it was supposed to be. The Tribune compared the snake not eating to suffragettes on a hunger strike, and the python, and they said it was the python was a descendant of the serpent of Eden. So they were purposefully making it. Oh my god! A sexual thing. What a now. Jesus. Now you can look at the picture that I just sent you. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> that is. That is the snake being fed with the gun by Billy. Sunday. Dave. This is so weird. I mean, okay, it is, there are 10 dudes in hats, you know, uniformed men, all holding a portion of this stretched out python, while what looks like a vice crank, (laughs) and the snakes, the python's mouth is just fully opened, and then it looks like a vice crank, and then you just slow is you just slowly twist that around, and then that just pushes the food deep into the snake's stomach. Is that what it is? I think so. <laughs> it is for the snake a fucking nightmare. And yet, and then there's one guy in the back who looks the, like he's a bartender. That's the guy. The guy in the back is amazing. He's just so happy. What's he, he's like, anyone need another frothy <laughs> ale? <laughs> 
Looks like your boys are working up a real thirst from trying to jam 50 pounds of meat straight into a python stomach. Anyone fancy for a whiskey? Wow. Nature for you. Yeah, that's pure nature. Yep, that's how God intended. In 1919, two policemen were patrolling the zoo when there was a commotion, and they ran over, and they found Cy with his foot, quote, planted Alexander-like on the prone body of a man. The man was Charles Hyked, and Cy said he was a masher. Hyked said he wasn't, and Hyked charged Cy with assault and battery. Mm. Cy was also charged with disorderly Conduct by one of the cops who said Cy had tried to punch him. So Cy was helping anything. Cy was taken to jail, uh, and he stayed there until the trial. Oh, what what an! I I would one would hope that he would recognize what enclosure existence is life, and after this, come back (laughs) with a new sense of you know what an animal goes through. Uh, Now, of course, the papers described Cy as the hero comparing him to Tarzan and Alexander the Great. Mm -hmm. The Tribune said, in this article, describing how he attacked this man, the Tribune said Cy was, quote, an exemplar of perfect manhood and printed a picture of him kissing a monkey, a baby monkey. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, of course. More unbiased journalism, (laughs) more straightforward. (laughs) Was this the Fox paper? (laughs) Two days later, Cy was suspended from a zookeeper job. Because of the because beating up a stranger was frowned yeah. upon now? I mean, he said it was a masher, but the guy said he wasn't. The, the Tribune yeah. ran an article titled, Pets Would Be Best Witnesses, said Cy DeVry. He said what? Pets would be best witnesses? Pets would be best witnesses. Is he's... He, Dave, he's not suggesting calling his animals to testify, is he? Quote... If their testimony, oh my God. if their test, oh my God, if their testimony could be introduced, I would easily be cleared of the charges. Uh, state your species. <laughs> Put your hand on the Bible, there, please, Mister Muskrat. <clears throat> so, <laughs> his trial was just. Uh, and how long have you been a lion? <laughs> his trial was on July 11th. The Tribune wrote that even if convicted, he should not lose his job. Right, uh, there are a ton of witnesses, some saying completely opposite things happened. One woman said she smelled alcohol on Sai's breath. Another said he was for sure sober. Sai, Sai said... <laughs> I, like, I like that guy. No, he's 100% sober. I'm 100%. Sai said he only had one pint. Okay, sure. Well, of what, first of all? And then a park zookeeper testified, quote, I know Cy was sober because he had four monkeys with him, and a monkey won't stay near a man who has been drinking. Yep, that's uh, that's is, that's totally totally true. It's always been. Yep. Hey, he had to be sober. He had four monkeys. <laughs> Any follow up questions? I would like to. Uh, I would like to just uh, as uh, the uh, jury foreman. I would just like to end this trial right now because. Uh, even if that man is lying, that is the goddamn ballsiest statement that has ever come out of a human in a courtroom. As the judge of the trial, we will obviously be dismissing all charges. 
The man had four monkeys around him. How's, hey. a, how's he supposed to be drunk if he has four monkeys on him? Ain't no, like ain't no monkey that stands around a drunk man. Come on. It's true. It's true. And by the way, we don't even need to look it up. It's one of those facts that sounds so goddamn crazy. It's got to be true. It's just common now, sense. It's just common sense. Exactly. And so this court was founded upon. Now, he had every right to beat that man because he was sober. We know because of the monkeys. <laughs> Next case. They should, Next. They should have at uh, a drunk driving checkpoints. They should have monkeys. Oh. Do you mind <laughs> if we, uh, can you roll the window down a little further so we can see if the monkey will get in the car, sir? <laughs> we just have to see if it's, you can either touch your nose while you walk in a straight line or we can get this over with real quick. Yeah, no, man, I don't want the I don't monkey will get in there. No, I don't this want guy's the monkey, not been I don't want the monkeys. I don't just keep the monkeys away from that, me. It, I don't want the monkeys near you, me, man. Sir, do you not, do you not want the monkeys want the, because you've been I drinking? I don't like monkeys. That's all. I'm just not a monkey guy. We have a right. We that gives us probable cause now to put a monkey in no, your car. No, 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 you can't put a monkey in yes. my car. I'm sober, well, man. We want, well, if you're sober, then you have nothing to worry I, about. Then he'll hang out. No, I don't want the monkey in here. I just don't like monkeys. What do you want, a breathalyzer? We no, stopped using those. No, I those. don't want anything. I just want to go home. I'm good. I'm fine. This I'm fine. Look, uh, look again, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's, you're either going to be searching the car or you're going to let the monkey in for a minute. Oh, fuck, man. All right, just give me the monkey. All right. Here you go. Hold him. Ah, you knew it. This guy's drunk. This guy's drunk. This guy's shithouse. This guy's sh- get, get back in here. Come here, Pepper. Put Pepper back in the satchel. All right, sir. I think you can see by the uh, work Officer Pepper just put together that you are clearly intoxicated. Fucking monkey. Yeah, you fucking monkey. Right. Best damn cop on the beat. The jury uh, reached a decision in under five minutes. Not guilty. We find this the whole case totally crazy. <laughs> so even though so many people wanted... Uh, Sai to remain the park board fired him on July 24th, 1919. Uh, of course, Chicago, okay. Chicagoans protested. Over 50,000 signed a petition. Uh, but it was, just wasn't sure. meant to be. They weren't going to hire him back. I think, you know, this was their way to finally sever ties with this guy they thought was, you know, sure. crazy and drunk and whatever else. Right. So, <laughs> you know, Sai realizes that his life is over at the zoo. Uh, Cy quote, this is my family. It's going to be hard to leave them. Why, most of them I've brought up from the time they were babies. I'm proud of this zoo. I hate to leave it. So he moved to L.A. with his wife and took that job at the uh, Selig Zoo that he'd been offered before. Uh, A lot of chimps in the zoo because they also worked in movies, which worked pretty great for Sai because he's around celebrities. There's PR, you know, zoo. It's the whole right. thing. Hopefully he's not drinking, though, because otherwise they won't come near him. Uh, but the owner was a producer, and during World War II, he had taken a big hit, and he had to auction off his studio and the zoo. So that was in 1924. Sai then worked. He kind of, we kind of don't know what happened to him. He worked as a dude wrangler for a bit. He's, he's, he's what now, about... 50? He's sick. Yeah, around 50, 60. Okay. Um, he works as a zoo, as a dude wrangler. Um, then uh, he, he... A dude wrangler? Yeah. That's okay. Oh, hey, which way do we go? Like, Stay in line. 
Hey, whoa. Hey, what's this guy doing? He's, I don't know, man. He's like telling us what to do. Ow, dude, quit poking me with that shit. Why does that guy keep poking us? I don't know, dude. Stop. Oh, fuck, dude. Stay in line, he said. Uh, after that, in in, uh, in 1925, the San Bernardino Sun reported Cy was living in Pasadena and had a reunion with the doctor who treated him for the shotgun wound when he was 17. Oh, wow. The doctor is now on the Pasadena Board of Supervisors. Um, in 1930, Cy was in the census. In the census, it said he was working as a gas station attendant. Oh, wow. And then he died in 1934. His obituary was on the front page of the Chicago Tribune. He was praised and credited for turning the zoo into one of the best in the world. Uh, and he did, make, he did make advancements with the cages and stuff. Yeah. I don't know about the actual treatment. Wow, that's, that's crazy. That is so crazy. Yeah. What a psycho. Yeah. Well, yeah. That is, I mean, that is nuts. There, there are people who just, yeah, they, you just... They go for it. They go man. for it. That, yeah. I mean, um, but yeah, I, I, the truth is that it is such a, um, at this point, like animals in it, because you, you now, you can find out so much more about nature animals than you used to, than in this time. Yeah. Um, you know, when really the only exposure you could have to it would be in something like this, yeah. you know, some sort of like exhibition like that. So it is... It's not that, like, again, I mean, I you do take issue, obviously, with any, any animal being, like, whipped or beaten or taken out of its natural habitat. But it makes more sense back then, way more than it does now. Now it is, to me, always just, you know, there are there's certain, like, I went to somewhere in Australia that's, like, you know, rehabs a lot of animals and stuff like that, and... So places like that, you know, that's that's a good place. Or like where you and I one time where we went and saw these kangaroos, oh, and they yeah. just like had miles to run around, you know. So like they're again, I mean, it's you want it, you want to be exposed to that stuff, but you also have to look at the actual sacrifice for the animals, and and there are certain species of animals now that like have to be in enclosure, but well, for yeah. the most part, there's going to be animals. There's going to be more and more animals. We're going to have to put in enclosures because oh, of, yeah, uh, because you know, they're going extinct. extinction. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, but overall, I mean, it is just such a terrible existence yeah. for, for an animal. It's better than an arc though, right? It's better than an arc. I don't know. I heard the arc was pretty lit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. A lot of sp- a lot of species swapping, I heard. Eh, time's got you were out there for a while. You know Jesus. what I mean? Wouldn't be uncommon for you to watch a Gross. snake bang a deer. You know what I mean? Nice. Or watch a <clears throat> monkey pork an elephant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Uh, so the reason I found this was uh, Tony Ho Tran wrote an article. Smoke inside DeVry was the original Tiger King on Narratively. And then that led me to... Margaret Hansen, who's a historian, I found her thesis and then a later article, The Trial of Cy DeVry, Manly Negotiations for Control Over Animals, People, and Public Space at Chicago's First Zoo. And she goes into a lot more of the masculinity shit that's fascinating. <laughs> Just the, I, How masculine he <clears throat> is presented, is that you mean? Yeah, and how that was rewarded, and, and oh, as if it's not now, yeah. but how it was, um, you know, a guy who could punch a bear was like the ultimate, you know, yeah. awesomeness. Yeah. I mean, 
look, I'm not. Yeah, look, fighting a bear that's pretty good. But again, it's not that, necessary. That sounds a little. Yeah, it's not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if you're if you're in the woods, and you're in the middle of nowhere, and you beat up a bear. Let's talk. Let's do this. And, but, and uh, that's an animal. You know, there's yeah. no reason to have in a zoo. None, none whatsoever. Yeah, bears should be out running it, around. Yes, the, for the most. I mean, you know, I they they just go fucking crazy, as we all would. I mean, as as people who are locked up in small cells go crazy and are kept in solitary and, confinement. Uh, you and know, you know, elephants you're, are you're, when you're crazy smart and have crazy social yeah. lives, and they should not be in totally. zoos. Or, or in a no, I, Taiwanese. I mean, honestly, no. I mean, unless you, unless it is like uh, rehabilitative. But yeah, I mean, it, to think of what an elephant must go through—not beyond being an enclosure, but being like ha- forced to do shows and yeah. you know, watching those around you get tortured and, and yeah. die. I mean, it's just like it is an abysmal existence. And if you are able to process sensitivity, which a lot of these animals are, yeah, I mean that you know process the trauma that you see around you i mean it's fucking nuts yeah that's why i want to i want a zoo of zookeepers Mm. that'd be tight and i want to that'd be great you know down boy down (laughs) he loves his beach ball get down boy down (laughs) you know um i'm sure we're gonna get letters from i'm sure we're gonna get letters from people who work in zoos well, there again. I mean, there it, there are fine lines with some of that shit because there are again, like we're saying, there are places where you know we are losing animals. I mean, we're losing yeah. And look, if species of animals at such a rapid rate, if you that, work in a zoo, you can you can be against the zoo, but also want to help the animals in the zoo. Like that makes sense. I have a friend who, you know, I mean, worked at Marineland. It's a great in place. They take great care. Great place. Great, nothing ever great has been place. shown that they do anything wrong. And um, and he basically, he just got a job there, and then so quickly he was working with whales. Yeah. And he was just like, "What the fuck?" And he was like, enamored with it. And he has this whole. There's, I mean, his story is amazing. His name is Phil Demers, and um, he has a documentary called "The Walrus and the Whistleblower" out now. That's really awesome. Uh, that people should check out. But, but he, he's going, and he's like, "Wow, this access is amazing. This job is amazing." And then he's sort of like. Holy shit! <laughs> these, this is fucking torture for these things, yeah. and and his life gets upended by trying to shut down Marine Land. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, again, yeah, it's not just. I mean, there are people who do great work with animals who work in zoos. There's there's no doubt about that. But on an over, like when you broadly look at it, enclosed animals overall is you know. Uh, tragic. Yeah, when I was in high school, we went to Marine World, which was near my where I grew up, and um, I took mushrooms. And oh, why? And at why? one point, I th- what a nightmare! <clears throat> we were looking at seals, uh. and um, uh. and I was just super focused on the seals. And then I looked around, and everyone else in the class had clearly left quite a while ago, and I was just on mushrooms. Lost in uh, my world, <laughs> and and it yeah, was closed. Thinking like this would be was, fun. I'll see some animals. It was closed. We were the only people there, so I was just wandering around Marine World on mushrooms. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, high school. Oh, um, God. All right. Anything else? Okay. I think that's everything. We beat seals. Not too. Not too political. 
By the way, people always say they feel sorry for you whenever I start talking about politics. <laughs> they have no idea what's happening. <laughs> what, what, they feel bad for me when you t- that, that I'm like that you have to listen I'm to me talk about like, politics. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Again, I mean, I would, I wouldn't, I well, I would, I, I am happier to be keyed into what's going on than to ignore it. You know, I mean, but I you're also on the same crazy. wavelength. Oh, completely. Yeah. No, there's no. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, what a great role I have. <laughs> this joke, I have the best role. <laughs> you get so much of the shit. I get some shit, but man. <sighs> so funny. Uh, it's way better for me. You fucking idiot. <laughs> um, okay. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> All right. Stay safe out there. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 